recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Those of you are in the room and those of you are joining online, we're glad that you're able to worship with us. And as we come around God's Word, if you're visiting and you haven't uh, been a part uh, of our series so far, we've just launched our new series. We're in our second week. Uh, we've been calling it Unlikely Heroes. And um, again, in tandem with our volunteer thank you and appreciation this month, we wanted to focus on looking at some of the unlikely people in the Bible that God used as part of his plan of salvation, as part of his plan to see his kingdom advance, as part of his way of showing love in the world, as part of um, his, his grand work in the world of revealing his love and glory to people. And, and some of the people that we encounter are unusual, are unexpected. They're not the people that we would at first think as being you know, heroes, or we, we wouldn't see them as being uh, uh, adequately equipped and resourced to actually do great things. And yet God was able to use these incredible men and women, children, to, to do great things in the world. And so one of the things that we're hoping and praying is that all of us would be encouraged, would be inspired, we'd, we'd be challenged to, to consider that maybe God wants to use us, that it doesn't matter who we are, men, women, young, old, kids, young people, whatever season of life we're in, it uh, doesn't matter what resources we have or we, we think we don't have, it, none of that matters, that, that God maybe is calling each of us to step up, to step forward, to put our hand up, to be involved in God's great work in the world. And maybe, just maybe, that in this moment of time, right now, in this season of world history, in this season of your life, in this season of PCC, that maybe God is calling you to step out, to step out of your comfort zone, to step up in faith, and to really lay a hold of God's invitation to be a part of something great, something greater than yourself, something outside of yourself, as we're hearing uh, every week uh, in terms of what our volunteers are doing. Um, uh, last week, we looked at a, a young slave girl who was a nobody, was, a, was a, uh, taken uh, captive from her family and was in this foreigner's house. And yet she had the opportunity to tell her master, who was a mighty, powerful warrior general, about a, a, a prophet in Israel that could heal him of his leprosy. And we, we looked at how uh, th this, this man, he, he, he took this invitation, he took the risk to go and see Elisha the prophet and amazingly was healed of his leprosy. This week, we're going to look at another woman. And I love that this morning we've been focusing so much on women uh, and, and the contribution that they make. And so we're going to look at another woman. This time, it's a widow who, at, again, at first glimpse, doesn't really have a lot to offer wasn't really a significant hero kind of figure. She definitely fits our definition of an unlikely hero. And yet, we see that she had this unexpected opportunity, this unexpected uh, person that comes into her life that's, that she's able to make a difference to. 
a little bit like the town of Gander in Newfoundland. I don't know if you've heard the story. Um, right now, there's a musical called Come From Away that's playing at the Capitol Theater. And this musical tells the story about this town or this city. Um, so Gander, Newfoundland is located in, in Canada. I think it's an island. Um, and um, they, on the, uh, September 11, 2001, when the Twin Towers happened in New York, were presented with an unexpected opportunity. What happened was because the U.S. airspace was closed, they had to divert all of the planes that were heading into New York somewhere else. And so where did they divert them? To this small town called Gander, Newfoundland. Forty planes landed that day. The town that usually has about 7,000 people, nearly double, or 9,000 people, had 7,000 people arrive at their doorstep. They were completely ill-equipped, under-resourced, unprepared to handle that kind of thing. And yet, the story goes that this town gathered together. They, they, they gave what they gave. They, they opened up schools and community centers and churches. They, or people opened up their homes to strangers to invite them in. They, they cooked for them for, I think, three days. They went pretty much without sleep as they, around the clock, cared for all these frightened and confused people who arrived on their doorstep having no idea of what was happening and why their plane had been diverted to Gander and who had family and loved ones in New York that they couldn't get in touch with. This was the time before mobile phones were accessible for everyone. And so this town of people just loved on these people that arrived on their doorstep unexpectedly. And the story goes that these people that came were so profoundly impacted by this town's generosity and love that they, I think they went back on, a 10 year, uh, on the 10-year anniversary and they blessed this town with these scholarships and, and all this money because this town did all of this for free. They didn't charge them anything. They didn't expect any money in return. They just blessed them out of the generosity of their heart. An incredible story unlikely heroes. And so this morning, we're going to look at the widow of Zarephath. And her story is found in 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings Kings chapter 17, if you want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to read this story. And I'm just going to draw out a few points. And I trust that it will inspire and encourage you to consider maybe how God might be calling you to be prepared for an unexpected way that you can bless someone else. 1 Kings chapter 17 we're starting at verse 1. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kerith River east of the Jordan and stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, 
he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken to Elijah. Let's pray. Father, I pray that as we come around this uh, amazing passage of scripture and as we consider this, the story of this unlikely hero, this widow, Lord, I pray that you will inspire us and challenge us and speak to us about what you might be wanting to do in and through our lives in this moment, in, in our story, in our world right now. I pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit will guide us, that you will give us ears to hear and hearts to receive all that you have for us this morning. Help me to communicate clearly and, and by the power of your Holy Spirit that your word might speak deep into our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, some quick thoughts. Uh, firstly, I want you to see here the unreasonable request that Elijah makes. Elijah's unreasonable request. And, and this is found in, in, uh, in verses uh, 10 uh, and, and onwards. He, it says, so he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town, get a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and said, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called and bring me please a piece of bread. Now, this is a widow. So let's think about this biblically. The biblical context of a widow is that they were considered to be the most desperate and vulnerable people in the Bible. Um, in, in biblical times, in biblical culture, uh, it was patriarchal and, and a family, a family's income and support came through the husband, through their work. And so if a woman lost her husband, that pretty much meant that she was going to be destitute. And if nobody cared for her, she would lose her life. She would literally die. There was no social security as we know it, no other support. And so when we read the Levitical law, we see that uh, an extended family was expected to care for widows. Uh, if she had adult children, adult sons particularly, they were supposed to look after uh, a widow, which is why in the story where Jesus raises the widow's son, that's why it was so significant because now her only support, her son who was caring for her was, was also dead. And we see the, the bleakness of Naomi and Ruth's situation in the Bible. Uh, so we see that time and time again, these widows were people who were considered to be completely dependent on others. And if there was no extended family, then the community was supposed to look after them. And in the Levitical law, then we see that People were told to leave the edges of their harvest fields for the widows to go and glean or to gather uh, the, the, the remainder on the ends of the fields to provide for themselves so that they didn't die, so that they had food to live on. 
In the New Testament, we see Paul telling the church, if you have widows among you, it is your responsibility to care for them and to provide for them in the absence of not having anyone else there to care for them. And so we see here, Elijah comes and he makes a request of a widow. And this widow has gone out to gather sticks. She's gone out to prepare her last meal. And, and here she is. And I love the fact that Elijah kind of, he's slow in his request. He first asks for a cup of water. And the woman's like, yeah, I can do that. I've got that. And again, remember, this is in a drought. Which means that it's probably, food is really scarce for everybody, not just for her. And we're told that she had a young son, which means she, she was not an older widow that had adult children. She, she was quite probably a young widow who was still responsible for looking after her, her son. And she's not going to get any help from anyone else in the community. The farmers probably aren't leaving anything for anyone because it's drought. And even in the midst of that, Elijah asking for a cup of water would have been a big enough a thing. And she goes off, we're told, to get it. And then Elijah makes what seems like a really unreasonable request. Can I have some bread too? It's at that point that she turns and she goes, come on, come on. Like water, yes, I can, I can scrounge that and probably do that. But you're asking of me something I don't even have. I don't have it to give. This is all I have. A little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. It's our last meal. And that's what you're asking. And notice Elijah says, do that first. Give it to me first. If, you, if there was an unlikely person that could help anybody else, that could make a difference for anybody else, it would be this widow. And yet here is Elijah, God's prophet, saying to this widow, here is an opportunity for you to experience something amazing. But it's going to take you giving from what you have. She had it. It was the last bit. And Elijah asks for her to give that to him first. The second thing I want you to see here is that God's unexpected plan here. Elijah makes an unreasonable request. But God had already been at work. I mean, the first part that we're not even looking at, verses 2 to 6, God had already done something supernatural, miraculous, feeding Elijah through birds. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen that happen. You know, I'm just thinking, these ravens didn't eat this bread and they're bringing meat to Elijah. I mean, it's just mind-blowing stuff, right? And that's just how our God is. He's just incredible. He's miraculous. He's supernatural. He's awesome in what he can do. And I'm sure many of us here would have testimonies of how maybe God didn't feed us through ravens, but how God has done equally crazy, supernatural, radical, unbelievable things in our lives where we scratch our heads going, I don't know how I have this, but God, it's only you. And that's an encouragement to us to believe that God in our need can feed us through ravens if that's what he wants to do. It's not beyond him. It's incredible that our God is able to do these things. But I want you to see verse 9. It's, it, God says to Elijah, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and say that I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. But when Elijah goes and meets his widow, it's like, well, God hadn't sent that memo to the widow. Like she's there going, what? But God had already set this up. God already had a plan. See, God can meet needs supernaturally, but 
through birds. But so often God does amazing supernatural things through you, through me, through us. Through us. And it's no less supernatural, let me tell you. And even in this story, it's no less supernatural, but it's through human agency, through unlikely people like you and me that God wants to do his work in the world. God already had a plan. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, we need to focus less on our inadequacy and on God's sufficiency. On God's adequacy to do extraordinary, supernatural, miraculous things through what we have even though it might only be a handful of flour and a little bit of oil. God's unexpected plan. Praise God that he can use insignificant, nobody's destitute, desperate widows like this. Like people like you and me who have nothing. But God can. He can use you. He can use me as we look at our lives and we take inventory and stock of what we have to give and it looks like a handful of flour and a little bit of oil and God says, you know what? That's enough. That's enough. And I can and I want to use you as God uses this widow here. God's unexpected plan. The third thing I want to encourage you with is the widow's unusual faith. The widow's unusual faith, which was the critical turning point in this story. You see, in Luke chapter 4, verses 25 and 26, Jesus refers to this widow. And incidentally, in that same uh, passage, Jesus also refers to the slave girl and Naaman uh, that we talked about last week. But when Jesus talks about this widow in Luke chapter 4, he commends her for her faith. And he's rebuking his own townspeople for not believing more in him. And not believing in in his messiahship and that he was the son of God. And he uses this woman as an example of faith to say, this woman in in Zarephath demonstrated great faith. And God sent Elijah out of all the widows that were there in Israel. He sent Elijah, and get this, to a Gentile. See, Zarephath is in the area of Sidon. This woman was not an Israelite. And that's what makes her faith so remarkable. You see, because for an Israelite, they they have the history of God's faithfulness in the past. They have the stories. They have the miracles that God has done over and over again. We can probably speculate that maybe this woman had heard some of those stories and it was well known, God's faithfulness. But Yahweh wasn't her God. She She was not only a nobody and an insignificant woman in her day, she was an outsider. And God sends Elijah to her. And I love this. Elijah says in verse 14, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. This is what the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel says. That's not her God. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of day the Lord, Yahweh, sends rain. Verse 15 is so profound. She went away and did as Elijah told her. She, just get this, she is staking not just her life. I mean, most of us would probably risk our lives, but the life of her son on the trustworthiness of Yahweh and Yahweh's prophet Elijah. That's phenomenal that she just goes, okay, God, I'm going to put my life. No, I'm going to put the life of my child in your hands, in your hands. And I'm going to believe that you will be who you say you are, and you will do what you've said that you will do. 
And you know the other thing about this story that just struck me even this week as I was thinking about it? She had to do that every day. Every day. It's not like all of a sudden God did a miracle and made the flour grow into a big bag of flour. And for the oil, like in the other story, to just run over and the jar to be full. No. Because then it's like, oh, uh, we, we, we're good for the next three weeks. We're good. We don't have to worry about it. No. It says every day she had to go to the, the pot and go, is there flour for today? Every day she had to go to the oil jar and go, is there oil for today? And there was. Every day she'd have to wake up and go, God, do I trust you today to preserve my son, to care for Elijah and to care for me? Every day. Depending on Yahweh. Every day until the rain came. And the rain did come. So I want to encourage you. Just some observations as we conclude. Firstly, this woman went out that day just to collect sticks to build a fire, to bake a loaf of bread, to eat it and die. And yet, something unexpected happened. Someone unexpected turned up on the scene. I want to encourage you that as you go about your day, maybe you're not going to eat your last meal and die, but maybe you're dealing with your own stuff, whatever it might be. And every day feels like a walk of faith where you're depending and trusting on God. I want to encourage you, maybe be open to the unexpected encounter that you might have. To the person that you're not thinking is going to come into your life and maybe God will bring someone into your life that he wants you to make a difference to. Let's be open. Let's be looking around us going, God, who in my workplace, who in my school, who in my university, who in my neighborhood, maybe are you bringing across my path unexpectedly because you want me to make a difference in their life. Keep your eyes open. You never know who God might already have set you up to make a difference to. Only you haven't received the memo yet. The second observation is that you might not have a lot to give, but God doesn't need a lot to work with. And so as you look at your cupboard, your mental cupboard, your emotional cupboard, your spiritual cupboard, your literal cupboard, your bank balance, whatever it might be, and you might only be seeing a handful of flour and a little bit of oil, that's enough. And maybe in your desperation, God is inviting you to be a part of something supernatural, something incredible, something that will blow your mind, something extraordinary, something out of, out of what you would naturally think or expect or believe. And all it's going to take is everything you have. Everything you have. It reminds me of the story of Jesus watching the widows putting their money in. In Mark chapter 12. And I, I just wish sometimes the Bible writers will tell us what happened next. It says that she put in two copper coins and Jesus makes the comment. She's put in everything she had to live on. I'm thinking, well, what happens next? And here, this widow does the same thing. She's all in. She puts in everything she has to live on and gives it over in faith to God. And maybe God will challenge you to do likewise. The last observation, which I think is in some ways for me, was, has been the coolest. Not only had God set up the widow to care for Elijah, but God sent Elijah to preserve the life of the widow. How cool is that? Isn't that just so like our God? 
that he will provide for you and care for you as you bless someone else, as you show love and generosity and grace and kindness to somebody else, God just kind of fills your tank too. I don't get how that works, but I've lived it and you've lived it. And God doesn't do this tit for tat kind of thing. Sometimes he does, but rarely. But he blesses you in ways that you can't even imagine. He blesses you in ways far greater than what it costs you. He's just so generous and gracious. And I guess it reminds me of Proverbs 11.25 that says that those who are generous will be blessed. And those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so I want to ask you, who might God be bringing into your life that might be in need and God might be giving you an opportunity to make a difference in their life and maybe, just maybe, through your act of faith and obedience, God will somehow meet your need, refresh you, care for you, bless you, grow you, do something extraordinary and miraculous and supernatural in your life as you determine to be a blessing and a refresher of others. Think about it, church. Unlikely heroes, they're all around us here. You're you're it, I'm it. God could have sent Elijah, as Jesus said, to any widow, and yet he sent Elijah to a widow who was about to eat her last meal. That's just our God, and he's awesome. And maybe he wants to use you in some extraordinary way right now with a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil that you might have. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? And maybe take a moment, and as we did last Sunday, maybe just stop and consider who that person might be. Maybe God's already brought them into your life. Maybe they've already come across your path. Maybe God has already been stirring your heart to reach out, to be generous, to show love, to show grace, to show compassion, to show mercy, to speak out, to encourage, to bless someone that he's already brought into your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. And you know the thing that makes this all worthwhile for us is because our God has come to us in the the capital P prophet, the ultimate prophet, Jesus Christ, where we're all like this woman. We're all in one, one way or another like this desperate widow. And if God had not rescued us, we would be lost forever. Because God has come to us to care for us, to provide us, to give us heavenly manna, as Jesus said. The bread from heaven that when we eat, we will be sustained for all eternity. That's why God invites us to be a part of this because he has come to us in Jesus to save us, to rescue us, to satisfy our deepest hunger, to bless us with his life-giving, sustaining spirit that we might be a source of blessing to others. And if you're watching online, and you don't know Jesus, I encourage you to reach out to us because that's why Jesus came, to forgive us of our sins by dying on the cross and to reach out to us like Elijah did to this woman. And it's going to take everything, laying down your whole life, surrendering everything to him 
but you will have eternal life in return. As we've been singing about, if you will trust in Jesus, you can be born again and brought into the kingdom of God, the family of God, where God will sustain you and care for you for all eternity. And I urge you, take that step. Invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life and reach out to us. We would love to talk you through that. But as we go, I'm gonna pray that God would stir in our hearts to be unlikely heroes in our generation, in our time, in this moment, to make a difference in the lives of others. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the example of this incredible woman. I thank you, Father, that you are the central character in her story as you are in ours. Father, we we look at ourselves and we might feel inadequate. We might feel empty, deficient, lacking, nobodies, outsiders. And yet, Father, you choose to use us in your plan. What a humbling, incredibly powerful realization that the God of the universe would choose us to be a part of his kingdom work. Lord, I pray for each of us here, for each person watching online, for each person who will watch this message at another point, that Lord, you would speak, that you would encourage, that you would challenge, that you would inspire each of them to step out, to step out of their comfort zone, to step out in faith, to believe, Father, that you are adequate and that you can and want to use each of us to make a difference for your glory. Lord, as we think and pray, will you bring someone to our mind and into our heart? Bring, Lord, us, Lord, clarity. Open our eyes that we might see the people that you might even be bringing into our lives unexpectedly as we're going about our daily business. You've already got a plan in motion for us to be a blessing. Use us and refresh us and meet our needs and cause us to overflow in your abundance that we might be a blessing to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for coming. We hope it's been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Thank you for joining us online. We we pray that this week you will have a great week and we look forward to gathering with you next Sunday. Our services are going to be open by registration. So make sure you you get in there and you register early uh, and we look forward to seeing you in person next Sunday. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.